You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. Now, usually you hear Jason Cook, but I'll be your host this, uh, this day. It's David Lear. And today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston with his series, Are You Listening? Welcome, David. How you going, Dave? This is going to get confusing today. That's right. Uh, we're going to try and speak code. Um, I'm going to refer to David as Max, and he's going to refer to me as Leo. Very keep, uh, good. Uh, keep us uh, not confused, and hopefully our listeners can uh, track as well. But um, this is my first time hosting, so David and, uh, sorry, Max and our listeners, if you can if you bear with me and be patient. Uh, I've got Jason next to me still coaching me along, but um, I'm looking forward to, to hosting this morning and looking, looking forward to um, doing this with you. Max. <laughs> no worries, Leo. <laughs> so, um, Max, uh, it's good to have you back with us this week. Each week you've been sharing a proverb, a Bible proverb. So uh, what, what proverb do you have for us today? Yeah, thanks, uh, Leo. Uh, <laughs> look, you know, it's interesting. I haven't been referred to as Max since I was in the Air Force, but it's, it's familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's not my first time being called Leo either. <laughs> no, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. All right, look, the proverb I have today is Proverbs chapter 2, 20 to 22. I'm going to read that from the New King James today. So Proverbs 2. Verse 20 to 22. Let me read that. You may walk in the way of goodness and keep the paths of righteousness, for the upright will dwell in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the earth and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. These are interesting verses because they they show us how much um, God knows and how much he tells us so that we're not deceived. Uh, it's interesting because... These verses were written some three and a half thousand years ago, and we've had these words written down in case there were any questions about how things wrap up, how it all ends. Um, God really doesn't want us to be ignorant, which is important, I think. Mm-hmm. And so many of God's prophecies have already come true, and because they've already come true, uh, as we've looked at this being a trustworthy book in the past, we know that we can trust what this says as well. So God is saying here, the righteous will endure, the wicked won't. And and I think that's important to realise because when you look around us today, there's, there's a lot of wickedness. There really is. So mm. why is it so many still ignore God and his good ways? Well, mainly as we've seen, as we've been looking through this series, it's because of our sinful nature from birth. You know, we prefer selfishness and sin that's that's just the way we we are i guess you can say but god's made it really really clear what the outcome of that kind of life is it doesn't have any real future it it ends when jesus returns and not long after that it will cease forever as we've seen now uh, proverbs 2 20 to 22 is a really good leading text for today's program entitled eden restored which we'll look at a little bit more in a moment yeah it's um it's interesting what you're saying, like looking at, at Proverbs, you know, um, those last couple of lines, you know, the the, uh, the common response will be, oh, well, that's that's not very nice. Mm. But we, we don't see that Jesus bringing into wickedness is actually a mm. beautiful thing. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to dig into that today as well. But yeah, I, I want all that stuff to be finished. Oh, yeah, you and me both, David. So um, <laughs> uh, well, can you give us a recap of what we've been, with the episodes that we've been through in the in the uh, past few episodes with Are You Listening series? 
Yeah, we've been a long way, and next week we're going to do a more detailed recap. So if you miss anything or if you've missed anything in this series, don't miss next week because what we'll do is we'll we'll uh, categorise the different sections we've looked at and we'll recap them a little bit more so we can understand what God's been saying to us through these passages. And uh, and I know that you'll be listening. <laughs> so... Uh, We've looked at the Bible as a trustworthy source. We've looked at who God is, uh, what he's done, um, how he's created. We looked at where evil came from. We looked at the eternal solution that God put in place for us. We looked at how to join God's team, if you like, right. <laughs> um, his body, the church. We also looked at how the church can function today uh, and how God's filled it with the Holy Spirit. And that's if we ask many, many People, many churches, don't function as God would have them to do. Uh, you know, there's fighting, bitterness, bickering, and all that sort of stuff that you get in a family, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you get all that in a family, and 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 unfortunately, that's what families are like, even in the church. So, don't be too disheartened if you go to a church and there's a little bit of argy bargy going on there. Um, it's bound to happen. But but God wants us to ask for the Holy Spirit, be infilled, and we talked about that. We talked about the special gift He gave us called Shabbat, and how that's a day when He fills us with himself and so there's a really special blessing in that we looked mm. at the different character traits god wants people to have we also looked at what jesus is doing right now for each of us to be fully restored we looked at the great reunion that we're going to touch on a little bit today we looked at the topic of life after life and last week we looked at this period called the millennium that occurs after jesus comes back next mm. so for any listeners that um, are wondering, oh, I'd like to hear more of those in, in detail and you haven't heard them, you can go to the Faith FM app, which you can find, or the website, and you could review the past episodes, have a look at them, and uh, actually you could listen to all of them, you know, and, and if you want to binge listen and catch up on everything that was uh, in the Are You Listening um, series. So the Faith FM app can be downloaded from the App Store or from the Faith FM website. So, uh, what have you got for us today uh, on the Are You Listening series with this episode called Eden Restored? Yeah, thanks very much, Leo. So, we're looking at one of the most rewarding promises that God's given us, and it's I've entitled it Eden Restored because he's promised to restore things back to the way they were, and that's why I've chosen that title. We're going to dig into that really deeply after the break. But before the break, I want to ask a listener question, as I often do, mm -hmm. as I always do. And that question is, what was it like? So what was it like for you to own something new that was very valuable? What was it like to own something new that was very valuable to mm -hmm. you? So for me, it was a house. I'll give you time to think about it, Leo. Um, for me, it was a house, my first house, and it was something I really, really treasured. It was only a small house. Um, it was in Western Australia, double brick. It was nice but it was only about 160 square meters so it wasn't real big but it was ours well it was the banks but you know what i mean sure yeah <laughs> and we put a lot of uh, sweat equity into it so it was just you know sand at the back and they did the gardens at the front it's interesting they like it to look good at the front but they don't really care what the back looks like <laughs> <laughs> you've got to fix it up yourself and we put a lot of work in paving and gardening and all sorts of stuff and lots of time and money into it and so it was really really special we had quite a short build actually 
It only took three months. I can remember at Easter they laid the pad, and by July it was finished. Oh, wow. They, That's they fast. Wanted, it was fast. They wanted to get the money for the financial year, I think. Uh-huh. So it was interesting to watch almost every week something new was happening from the foundation on, and I was out there with a the tape measure and making sure they didn't make mistakes and I was very, very uh, persistent and pedantic. But nevertheless, they must have hated me, so I think that's probably why they got it done quick as well. (laughs) But uh, You were on their case? (laughs) I was. I didn't want any mistakes because I figure, you know, if they make a mistake with the foundation, the rest of the house is shot. True. (laughs) So I I was out there checking, and it was wonderful to see it finally finished. Mm. It was so satisfying to finally step through the door I didn't carry Mary over the threshold. I think I tried, but, uh, you know, I wasn't that strong. Anyway, so um, it, it was great to actually step through that the door at the first time and call it home. And I'm looking forward to the same experience when we reach heaven mm. as we set foot again on the earth made new, and we'll look at that in a moment. So whatever you'd like to share, we'd love to hear it. And the listener question again, uh, Leo, what can, you, what can you tell me? Yeah, I, I, I immediately think of... Um it was a, when I moved to Australia for the first time. I was sixteen. I was really upset that I'd been taken out of my network, and my mm-hmm. dad bought me a, uh, a second-hand guitar, and I learned to play the guitar from that and how to how to use it. And, and one of my motives for wanting to get guitar when I was fifteen was I noticed that um, the girls were really impressed with guys that played guitars, and I thought, oh, I want to have that. I want to have that as well. So at sixteen, my dad bought, bought my guitar, but I actually enjoyed playing it more than I had expected. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one of the camps, um, it, it got broken. We were playing, um, mm. what's it, Capture the Flag in the Dark, and somebody oh, stood on no. it because I left the line next to my tent. But oh. um, the guy that stood on it, about a, about a year later, he bought me a brand new guitar. Wow. And, um, yeah, that was one of the greatest things I ever owned. And I, I, I remember hearing the, the strings and everything. And, uh, yeah, it was really, really, um, it was really precious. I loved taking yeah. it everywhere with me. So uh, that, listen to the question again for our listeners. What was it like for you to own something new that was very valuable to you? You can text that through on 0488-880-891. We'd love to hear from you. Text us in uh, your answers from your question. And uh, the song we're going to hear is called, If That Don't Make You Want to Go, by the Downing Family. John saw golden city, New Jerusalem come down. Twelve jasper walls and gates of pearl Such splendor all around And he tells about a river of life That flows beneath the throne Where we'll drink and live eternally In a mansion all our own Oh, if that don't make you want to go Brother If that don't make you want to go Sister If that don't make you want to go To heaven curse of sin No sickness and no cross to bear and death can't enter in No fighting and no battlefields No war, no enemy Where the lamb and lion lay side by side in that land of perfect peace Oh, if that don't make you want to go Brother, if that don't make you want to go Sister 
that don't make you wanna go to heaven. I don't know what does. Encounters on Faith FM, and we're talking with David Maxwell on the topic of Eden restored. Now, before we had our music, we were we had a listener question: What was it like to own something new that was very valuable to you? We'd love to hear from you. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So, text us your answer. Good to hear from uh, another David. And uh, this morning, he's going to be called Ed. So. Hello to Ed. Thank you for writing in to Max and myself, Leo. Uh, good to hear from you. So greetings to you. Uh, so David, you're starting to wrap up the series um, of Are You Listening? Mm. And the topic today is Eden Restored. But before the break, you said that today you're going to look at some of the most rewarding promises that God has given us. So how are you going to start us off with that? Yeah, thanks, Leo. So today we're going to start by looking at how God wraps up our current chapter of life. Uh, followed by what won't be in the new earth and what will be in the new earth, and then finishing by what Eden restored we like. So first we're going to, I'm going to pray for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Then we'll read the passage that we're looking at uh, and we'll get into the program today. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we are able to have this technology today. We pray that our listeners will be blessed. We pray that you will speak to us as we present, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, David. If you, or Leo, sorry, <laughs> could you please read Second Peter three ten to thirteen? We're going to read that from the New King James today. Okay, so reading from Second Peter three verses ten to thirteen says this: But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved. What matter of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Thanks, Leo. So we've looked a lot of the 
portions of that and the destruction of the the wicked and we've looked at some sad portions of that but today we want to focus on the last part uh, which talks about new heavens new earth in which righteousness dwells now we have to have a bit of a recap for some of those things but we're going to focus on the new heavens and the new earth as well mainly Mm. So I wanted to start today with an illustration called Justice Prevails. You, many of you remember the Chamberlains and what happened to them. I was only just a new Seventh-day Adventist at the time. I'd only been in the church about a year, and I can remember thinking, oh, she's guilty, uh, along with everyone else, because that was the way the media portrayed her. Right. And, and she was found guilty by a court. She went to jail. And in the end, their relationship broke up. It was such a strain on them. Uh, he, was a, he was a minister at the time. And uh, I met him some years ago before his death, and it was, it was sad that he had been hurt so badly. But she was hurt as well. I've heard her story, and she's become a very strong woman from that experience. But she was finally exonerated. It took years for them to find mm. the facts and for uh, the truth to actually come out. And often the truth does come out, but sometimes it doesn't. Not in this world anyway. But just like the Chamberlain's original guilty verdict, justice doesn't always prevail in the world today. Uh, But a time's coming, really soon, Leo, when ultimate justice will prevail and no one will escape its verdict. Now, we might think, great, I can't wait for that. But if we're on the wrong side, if we are acting with, uh, with Satan's agenda, we won't be looking forward to that day, I don't think. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a, you know, I find it's a, it's a practice that we're doing right now, you know, like quite often, like you said, the media painted it that way back then. Mm. And, uh, media comes out quick and fast now, you know, and it's like, I don't know about you, but I kind of wait until all the facts are put together before mm. I can make a judgment call, you know? I've learned that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, and, and, um, man, Jesus has been, on trial for mm, <laughs> a very long time. Years. Yeah, just he you has. talking about it. I just heard a just heard a Tongan proverb this week from a friend, and he said to me, "You know, David reminds me of a proverb with us Tongans." And I said, "What's that?" And he said, "The truth is like a turtle. So it's mm. going to take a long time, but it will get to its destination." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. And, and they do say, "Be sure your sins will find you out." Amen. <laughs> Yeah. So, look, often in a legal sense, before healing can commence, the mess that's being caused first has to be cleaned up. So you think about uh, vandalism and graffiti and that mm. sort of stuff. So first, that graffiti's got to be removed or painted over before life for that person can recommence. So if it's happened on the front of his shop, you know, someone's he's got to go out there and clean it up or someone's got to come and do that. So if someone's been injured by an attacker, the person's first got to be healed physically as best as possible before they can start healing psychologically. Because while that that physical injury is there, they're going to keep thinking about it. So Mm. you've got to first try and heal that, the physical, before you can heal the the, the, um, psychosocial. So the same is true for the mess this world's in. Um, if you remember from an earlier program, or you might not remember, Leo, but some of our listeners will, that the rebellious angel Lucifer proposed that God wasn't fair. Mm. And it would appear from the Bible evidence that uh, this accusation was to do with mankind's ability to obey God willingly. You can see that in Job. You can see how that's unpacked for us. So God had to allow... Lucifer, this fallen angel who's now called Satan, had to allow him to actually play out his 
idea of self-rule, his alternative style of government, if you like, where everyone rules themselves. You see that today in the world, don't you? Absolutely. You know, um, yep. you're your own boss. Uh, you, everybody's ideas are, are valid. And, and that's okay until everyone's valid idea crosses the path of somebody else's valid idea. And then there has to be some compromise. My mother used to say, your rights are your rights until they cross someone else's rights. And then, <laughs> yes. then you have to think about it. Yeah. You know, you need some compromise. That's, that's wise. You? That's wise. Yeah, yeah. she's a wise lady. So after 6,000 years of evidence, I think it's really plain to see that Satan's form of government doesn't work too, too well. It only brings suffering, selfishness, pain, war and death. Yeah, and, and that's not what we want, really. If you think about most people, they don't want that. Um, they buy into a lot of his lies, but they don't want those outcomes. So it's clear that Satan has attempted to destroy the image of God in mankind to prevent people from knowing about or following God. And he uses force to do it. Force, coercion, and even persecution if necessary. On the other hand, God is constrained, if you like, because he doesn't have lies to manipulate the way we think. He, 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 the Bible says he cannot lie. Mm. God only uses truth, grace, mercy, love, conviction, those things, and he allows everyone to retain their free will, even at cost to himself. Now, I haven't got time to dig into that, but that's a really big thing. He allows us to choose whoever we want to follow. Mm. So... That's yeah, go on. Yeah. That, that's a that's um when it when it comes to a matter of choice, you know we, mm. we I'm thinking of how you started with proverbs as well, you know um so <clears throat> subconsciously when we choose Jesus and life and the freedom to choose, you know mm. and uh, the promises that He said I come to give you life and life abundant, mm. you you're saying that um you end up living according to that type of uh, mindset. You know, mm-hmm. whereas the opposite, you're talking about um, death. You know, when you when you have that hanging over your head, then you mm-hmm. act and behave in a, in a way where you're expecting that. Yeah, and those two methods of rulership are completely opposed, aren't they? They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah they really are. So, it's always been my experience that whichever group attacks or persecutes the other is usually the one that's in the wrong, because this is Satan's way of behaving and leading. So after all this time, God has given Satan sufficient time to show the whole watching universe. And again, in Job, we see that there is other, um, there are other beings watching on. There are uh, being um, aware of what's happening on this world, mm. and and they're they're actually being witness to his style of leadership and where it ends. So God has to soon bring this rebellion to an end, because it's against everything that's good. In Revelation 20, it tells us that uh, God brings the rebellion to an end and that as he does that, death and the grave will also be destroyed. Mm. Now, that sounds like a strange statement, but let me explain it, because how do you kill death? <laughs> you know, that doesn't sort of make sense to us, does it? Yeah. But in, first, in John 1, 4, it says that Jesus, in Jesus or in him was life and the life was the light of men. So Jesus himself also then said he's the way, the truth, and the life. So once the final executive judgment from God falls on those who don't want to be with God anyway, Satan, his fallen angels, and those who haven't chosen God will be removed from life. Now, what's a removal of life or removal from life called? 
death. It's called death, mm. right? And and this is called the second death. Right. Okay, first death is when you actually die. You go into the coffin. You go into sleep. the grave. Yep, you go to sleep. And this is called the second death in Revelation twenty fourteen. But I would like to call it the last death, right? Because after this, when God destroys Satan, the fallen angels, and anyone who's been siding with him, there will never be death again. So that's where we kill death, if you like. Right. You know, it's not going to be around anymore. And why is that so? Because the only people who are left will be those who've chosen to be with Jesus. So if Jesus has life and is life, then we will be forever with him. And then we'll live forever. There'll be no more death, no more cessation of life. Because there can't be. We'll be connected with Jesus. So on the other hand, anyone who hasn't chosen to come to Jesus, that they may have life, as he says, will spend an eternity without that life, which is not more life in a different way. It's without life, and it mm. equals death. It's quite simple to understand when we think of it like that. So death, which is the absence of life, is an unconscious, non-existent state, and it will be the fate of those who don't want to live with God anyway. Wow. Non-existence. So, yeah. um, you know, contrary to what a lot of people believe, you know, there's um, that uh, when it comes to eternal death, it's God tormenting people forever. This That's is very different. Think. It's a choice that we make either to live with Jesus for eternity or mm. not exist at all. Yeah, that's it. That's wow. it. So it's the result of our choice that goes on forever, not the event that uh, that God puts into place. It's not the, the killing or the death or the suffering. That doesn't go on forever. It's the result. You either have life or you don't have life. It's pure and simple. Yes. Thanks, David. So we're going to go into our break. And uh, before we do, uh, again, we're going to have a free offer for a book later in the program. But we have had a list of questions. Was, what was it like to own something new that was very valuable to you? 488 Text uh, your uh, answer through to us. And our next song is I'm Making All Things New by Wendell Kimbra. When I saw the heavens open, for the former things were past, and I heard my Savior singing. I have come for you at last I will wipe away that sorrow You will no more cry or grieve To the thirsty I give healing From the spring of life come drink Oh behold, I am making all things new this down, every word is true. Tell the world what I came to do. I am making all things new. And I saw God's holy city, New Jerusalem, descend. A voice announced with splendor I will dwell with you, my friends I will be your God forever You will never leave my side You were always my beloved Now at 
it will be like day For the Lamb in all His beauty Like a torch will light our way And the gates of that great city Never close to those who come Every nation brings its glory To our new creation This down, every word is true Tell the world what I came to do I am making all things new I am making all things new This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM with David Maxwell on a series, Are You Listening? And David has been talking about the topic of Eden Restored. Now, before the break, you were saying that once God removes the rebellious, there will be no more death because everyone left will be connected willingly. They've made the choice to be with him forever and will have life from him, which goes on forever. Mm, yeah, that's right. That's right, Leo. But it won't be the same kind of life that we know now here. Uh, once sin is removed, what I mean by that is once sin is removed, God's going to make everything new. Let me read uh, Philippians chapter 3 and 20 to 21. Mm-hmm. And it says, for our citizenship is in heaven. Ever think about that? Our citizenship is in heaven, not here on earth. We're just temporary residents here. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. God's going to change us. God's going to change us. This clearly says that we're going to have bodies like the one that Jesus had after he was raised. Do you remember what that was like? It, it was it was a very interesting body. Now, let me just read a couple of things in John that give us an understanding of what Jesus' resurrected body was like. In John 20 and verse 19, it says this. Let me just find it. 20 and verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace with you, peace be with you. Now he didn't come in the window, the door was shut, and the windows were shut, if there were any. Hmm. Uh, he just he he was able to move around and, and appear within a building without going through a door or a window. Now can you imagine that? Yeah. Now we, we have the modern age of Star Trek, don't we? <laughs> This idea of teleportation yes. where you disappear up, from Scotty. here and you, yeah, you appear over there. But teleportation actually started in the first century with Jesus, mm. not with Star Trek. <laughs> you know, he had a human body, though, and in many ways he was much like the people around him at the time. So they recognised him as a man. And in Luke, let me go back to Luke and read 24, uh, 38 to 43. So this is really interesting. I love that story. Yeah, he he says to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your heart? So there he's standing right in front of them and he's just come into the room. 
Why do doubts uh, arise in your heart? But um, uh, because they just thought he'd uh, they'd seen a spirit, you know, that he was mm. like a ghost or something. Behold my hands and my feet. So same kind of form. That it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, but while they still did not believe for joy and marvelled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broil fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And it didn't just fall flop on the floor. You know, he he ate it. He ate it. He actually ate it. And and, and it was real food. Um, He he had real flesh and bones, but his... his, uh, he was able to do things we can't do. He was able to disappear from here, appear somewhere else. Mm. Uh, he, he was walking on the road with them. He, uh, a couple of the disciples after his resurrection sat at a meal. When he broke bread, they recognized him and he He's just gone. disappeared. He was yeah. disappeared and he was found somewhere else. And, uh, and even Philip experienced that kind of thing in his real flesh. But he got to experience what it was like when um, he was walking on the road. He baptized the eunuch, the uh, Ethiopian eunuch, and then the spirit took him away. Mm. I'd like to ask him what that felt like. <laughs> but maybe we'll experience it. We won't have to worry about it. Oh, that'd be awesome. It will be. It will be fantastic. So in 1 Corinthians 15, after special revelation directly from Jesus... Paul explains what this will be like. So this is in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 54. Let me read that for you. Yep. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. So this is something we, we, we find hard to understand. That's what a mystery is. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That means made different. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, so it'll be that quick. <laughs> That's amazing. At the Mm. last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed, made into something different, like Jesus' immortal body, you know, that fantastic body that he has. For this corruptible, meaning what I have right now, this body that goes in the grave and goes back to dust, must put on incorruption, something that doesn't do that. And this mortal must put on immortality. We don't have immortality. We are given immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. What a wonderful phrase that is. Mm. So here I see that immortal... If we are given immortality, it means we will be like Jesus because we'll share the life that he has. Right. Now, I think that's fascinating, um, Leo, that, that, that God gives us part of his eternal life and then we have that eternal life mm. and we get to live with him forever. What an but amazing gift. It really is. It really is. Before we, um, we've got a little bit before we go to another break. So I want to touch on a little bit more. It's not just us that's going to be made new. Right. Although I'm looking forward to that, I'm looking forward to a lot of other things too. And one of those is the earth itself. Mm. I'm going to expand on this in a moment, but let me read the verse in Revelation 21 and verse 1. This is not just wishful thinking. This is in this book that is reliable and that God has given us to hold our hopes up to. Twenty-one, Revelation 21 verse 1, and it says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. 
I, I think this is a wonderful verse. Um, the first creation, I want you to think about this, the first creation, who, which human was visible to, to witness the first creation? None. Absolutely none. Adam and Eve, when they were created, the earth was already made. It was already beautiful. It was already all the plants yeah. and the animals and the birds and the fish. It was all done. So they had to trust in faith that it was God who did this. Mm. But the second creation, when you dig into Revelation, you see that the second creation, we will be in the New Jerusalem, standing in the New Jerusalem as we watch God recreate this earth. And wow. as we watch him, we will witness with our own eyes the power of God. That's incredible. And I think that's going to be fantastic. Mm. And in this recreated earth, we're not just going to be sitting around doing nothing, um, you know, or sitting on clouds playing harps, as people think. You know, <laughs> God has given a prophecy through Isaiah about the new heavens and the new earth. Isaiah 65, you can read the whole chapter. It's, it's literally talking about as I, have, as I will create new heaven and a new earth, and it goes on and talks about the things that will happen. It says there that we will build houses and live in them. No one else is going to take them. We're going to plant vineyards and eat the fruit. So this is the new earth. This mm. is the new earth. You know, I think about the amazing structures, the amazing things that we've done as a race, and I mean the human race not a particular type of people. Sure. The human race. You know, we've built amazing structures that have stood the test of time for thousands of years. You know, the pyramids. We've built skyscrapers that tower above the clouds. I don't know if you've ever been up to a viewing platform that goes above the clouds. It's It's fascinating, yeah, isn't it? it is. You're raining down the bottom, you go up above <clears> the clouds, <throat> and it's beautiful. We've built, we've built incredible picturesque land masses uh, that, that are reclaimed from the sea. If you think of those places uh, in the Middle East that they've made. Uh, we've put a man on the moon, spacecraft, far out into space. We can fly around the world in a matter of hours if we want to go up in the stratosphere and zip around. And all of this with sin, selfishness and greed. Imagine without that, with selflessness and no sin, imagine what we're going to be able to create. So I think we'll have lots. We'll have lots to do. But what I what I just want to finish with before the break is uh, the the last few words that I put there though, that uh, that I read. Sorry, that John had there. He says there'll be no more sea. Now you imagine, John is on the Isle of Patmos. Mm. Now he has been separated from everybody else because of his witness for Jesus. Right. And now as John is writing, I think. I think he's thinking about no more separation. Sea meant separation for him. No more separation from his fellow believers. But maybe it's even more than that. Yeah, so in a, in a very symbolic and cryptic way, he's, uh, he's saying that we no, we'll no longer be separated from Jesus. Yeah, that's it. You're right, you're right. No more separation from Jesus. We'll be able to see him whenever we want. We can look on the face of God. I think that's going to be fabulous. Amen. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Well, mm. We're going to go to our uh, next break. Before we do that, I want to um, wanna do the book offer. It's called Is Heaven for Real? And it's by Chris Holland. People have a lot to say about it, about heaven. Some even claim to have been there. But what does the Bible say about heaven? Is it a natural place? Is it a faraway floating sphere with clouds and babies playing harps? Today, more than any time in Earth's history, people are longing for something more, something better, something real they can count on for the for the future. Everyday disasters and tragedies happen around the world. Nations are divided. Intolerance is on the rise. Where can we place our hope and trust? Using the scripture as a guide, is heaven for real? 
answers questions such as the following. Is heaven a real place? When do we get to go? What will, ha- what will heaven be like? What about hell? How long is forever? We'll have the code after the break. But right now we've got a song by uh, Evan Craft, and this is called Home. I've traveled the world trying to find a place that I could call home. Want to leave my trace A legacy, a melody that leads us back to you So I won't relent until I'm home with you I was lost in the dark Heard you call my name Dreams so far and gone Till you found my Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and we are talking with David Maxwell on the topic of Eden Restored. Now, before the break, I promised the code to claim our free offer. We've got ten copies to give away, so uh, get your thumbs ready to text that uh, text that code through. Is Heaven for Real? That's the name of the book by Chris Holland. And for today's free offer, please text. This is the code. Listen twenty two. Listen twenty two. No spaces. All one word. Listen twenty two to zero four double eight double eight zero. 891 to claim your free book is heaven for real. So David, before the break, you said the new earth that God is going to restore for us will be better than we can ever imagine. 
Could you please explain what the Bible says about what we can expect to see and what won't be there? Mm, absolutely, absolutely. I'd like to illustrate firstly <clears throat> um, with an illustration called No More Tears. Usually when I take a funeral, I'm able to be quite composed. Uh, it's a sad time for many, and more so when you've known the person who's passed away. And it can be difficult to go through the ceremony and, and do the things that are important for the people. Usually I can compose myself and, and be okay. So there was a time when I took a funeral for a young family who'd lost a very young child. And I was sad because I'd spent time with the family and I knew, I knew the experience and the, the pain they'd gone <laughs> through leading up to it. And I was composed as I went through the graveside service until I'd finished speaking and the coffin was lowered into the ground and then mm. I was overcome and I wept. In Revelation 21 and 22, there are descriptions of what we can expect to see in the new earth, but also what will be gone forever. So firstly, what won't be there? Some of the things that won't be there anymore will be tears. Now, I think we'll probably have tears of joy, but there will be God's promise that he's going to take away all of our tears, the sadness that it's talking about. Uh, I know that I'm going to be overwhelmed when I see the things that God's put in place for me and the grace that he gave me that I was able to be there and enjoy it. But there won't be any sorrow, no sorrowful tears. Mm. They'll be a thing of the past. Death. One of the greatest things that we'll, we'll no more experience, and that'll be death. No more standing be, beside an open coffin or a grave. No more sad farewells. <sighs> death, sickness, sin, suffering, it'll all be a thing of the past. I'm looking forward to that, Dave. Mm, same here. It's a sad yeah. part of ministry to have to do funerals, but it's sadder for the people who lose someone. Mm. And together with that, <clears throat> we'll no longer experience pain. Now, I don't know about you, I'm going to be speaking to the people who are 50 and over. Um, you'll be able to stand up without the sound effects, if you know what I mean. I, I do, I'm not, even, I'm not even 50, but I, I know what you mean. <laughs> you know, I squatted down the other day, and as I got to get up, I just, I felt my sore knees, and I looked up at my wife, and she goes, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there, there's our, the sound effects. Ah, oh, that's it, you know. The bodies will no longer wear out. Yeah, they won't decay and degenerate. Our, our, our cartilage won't break down and everything be painful. Mm. Um, because in him is life, the Bible says, Amen. and we will have it to the full. Another thing that won't be there is sin. So sin, rebellion, <coughs> sinners or the rebellious are going to be a thing of the past. Now, we don't want to sin. And in our new bodies and our new minds, we'll no longer ever rebel against God again. Mm. So I, I know that God is going to take away the pain, <coughs> excuse me, the pain uh, of our experience on earth. But I believe the memories are going to be there that we will never want to repeat this experience right. again. So I don't know how God, God's going to do that, but however, the pain will be gone and the sin will be gone and the, the, will, the will to sin will be gone, which will be great. Also, the enemy will be gone. There'll be no more temptations. There'll be no more enticements or suggestions to do things that are against God's perfect character and law. The Bible says his law will be written in our hearts and on our mind. 
And I think that's really fascinating. And uh, we'll be free from those distractions forever. But what will be there? Now, there's lots of things that will be there. You know, everything will be new. We'll have a new earth. We'll have, I suspect, animals to play with because the Bible talks about the lion lying down with the Mm, lamb and the serpent not hurting anyone. A child will put his hand in the nest of a serpent and it won't be harmed, you know. So I believe there'll be growth. I believe there'll be be, uh, life. There'll be things um, and we'll build and create. So there's so much that we can look forward to. But more than anything else... What, or should I say who, will, will be there, is Jesus. Mm, amen. In, in Revelation 21.3, it says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He'll no longer be distant. As John said, there'll be no, no more, sea. more sea. There'll be no more separation. No more separation. I hope there'll be water, because I'm looking <laughs> forward to not having to hold my breath and going under the water. Yeah. <laughs> and looking at all of that beauty that God's created now, imagine what it'll be like then. Wow. And it says, Tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. To me, that is the most important thing that'll be there. Mm. If Jesus isn't going to be there, I don't really want to be there either, but we have the confidence to say he's going to come and live with us. I'm looking forward to that. So I'll bring you back to my opening illustration of justice prevails. While we won't often get justice here on earth, we can be sure that one day we will. One day soon the sky is going to peel back and Jesus is going to arrive, accompanied by God the Father. He says this in Matthew chapter 26. (coughs) He's coming with the power. He's coming with God the Father. And he's coming, he's going to be heralded with all the holy angels. We also spoke about the first fruits, those special group that were resurrected when Jesus was resurrected. It talks about in, in Matthew 27. Right. And, and they're going to greet us in the air. Heaven it will be emptied and they are all coming to greet us. So from there on, we will forever be with him. I really, I'm looking forward to that. You know, that, that to me is one of the most important things that we can look forward to in the future. Yeah, amen. Isn't that something you want to enjoy as well? I'm talking to our listeners. Have you already chosen to accept Jesus and follow him either the rest of your days or until he returns? If not, please get in touch with us on the radio. Please text in and ask for help. And then we'll be able to help get you started. Yeah, this it, is... It's, it's the most important, Dave. It is. It's the most important, and I would suggest it's the most critical, eternal journey that you can start on. Amen. And you yeah. said something really important there. You said that if Jesus isn't there, <laughs> mm. then no, I don't want to be there either. You know, it's a... Um, mm. When you think about... Uh, being with people that you love, you know, like my my family's in the in the mainland, mm. and mm. You, you were mentioned before that consciously we have uh, death hovering over us. And when I'm mm. seeing family, I know there's a time where we have to I have to go back to Tasmania. Yeah. You know, like I'm already yeah. aware that there's a there's a flight that's about to leave in a few days, 
and saying farewell to farewells, you know, and mm. not being with Jesus and not having to, you know, there's been times in prayer where I didn't want to say amen. You know, like, yeah. I enjoyed that moment so much. I was like, you know what? I don't want to go back to the real world anymore. Yeah. But, yeah. but this is, you know, this time there's no separation, like you said. And Jesus, the life, that's, that's the best decision we can ever make. Heaven is being mm. the presence of Jesus, the tabernacle. In, yeah. you know, dwelling with us, what a what an amazing gift! What a um, and like you said, such a crucial decision. I I hope, and I'm sure that the Holy Spirit's working in somebody's heart right now, saying, you know, I long for that. I mm. yearn, I yearn to say farewell to farewells. I yearn mm. to never see a coffin again, you know, yeah. and uh, you know, the, the end of all those things. That's so, it. Yeah, what an amazing amazing topic. Well, next week on, mm. um, are you listening? I'm going, to, I'm going to look at understanding God for yourself. So we're going to discover what the whole series says about God, and you can discover more, how you can discover more for yourself. So oh, wow. you, don't, you really don't want to miss this. We're going to condense everything we've learned, and we're going to summarize it. But then we're also going to touch on, well, how can you continue learning more? How can you continue listening to God? Ah, awesome. Looking forward to it. Join us next week with me and uh, Jason. We're going to be doing um, Christ as Judge. So it's uh, lining up with what David Maxwell's been going through. So we hope you enjoyed the, re- we hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. You have an encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget today's free offer. Listen22 is the code 0488-880-891. And wow. our, um, so God is speaking. Mm-hmm. Are you listening? God is speaking. Are you listening? So our last song that we're going to go into, um, it's called uh, I Will Bring You Home by Michael Card. How appropriate is that? I will bring you home. See you next week. Yeah, thank you, Matthew.